Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast in under 20 minutes. Although this week we will be a little bit longer uh, because we have a special guest. Dylan is coming back to discuss A Quiet Place with us, and there will be some interpretation uh, for our deaf audience so that we can have uh, communication on both sides of the camera and the mic. So we're really excited about discussing the movie. We'll move at a slower pace than we normally do, uh, but we're hopeful that you will check out the video, or if you're watching the video, that you will uh, check out the podcast and subscribe and follow us on social media. So let's get started with this review of A Quiet Place. First, Dylan, Nathan, what did you guys think? Did you like or dislike the film? So what I liked about A Quiet Place was their their use of ASL was really good. Um, they showed that dynamic of using ASL really well throughout the movie, and I enjoyed that. Um, also, I really liked that the character that was deaf was played by a deaf actress. Overall, I really enjoyed the movie. The structure of the movie really made it clear to the audience what the deaf community is like, how we communicate with each other and socialize, and I really, I just really enjoyed the movie. Nathan, what did you think? I'll preface this by saying that I don't normally watch scary or horror movies. So when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh no, it's a horror movie. I'm not going to get to see it. Um, I am a fan of John Krasinski, though, and when I heard that he was directing this, I was intrigued. And then when I heard the full concept, the idea that you have to be silent in order to live, I decided that I would see it because that's not... That's an original idea, and I was very intrigued by how you would have to live in a way that you make no noise, because that's hard. That's very difficult to do, and I wanted to see how they had, especially a family, like young kids in that environment, and how they survived that way. So I thought the concept was really cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I do want to add... I personally am a fan of horror films. So for example, there it's an old movie, I think it was released over 10 years ago, called Darkness Falls, and it's about the tooth fairy. What it does, the little tooth fairies kill people, um, but their weakness is light. So if you're in the light, then you're safe from the tooth fairies. Uh, another movie example is It Follows. 
And there's a curse in that film. And really, the person who has the curse could be anyone. It could be your mom. It could be your dad. And if you have the curse, you will be killed by the curse. And, you know, it could be walking or driving. It just is always there following you. And other people who aren't cursed, who don't have the curse, can't see that person who is cursed. And its weakness is doors. Um, it's not exactly explicit in the movie that their weakness is doors. Um, but the reason I say that is because if a door is closed and locked, then the curse can't get through it. So... So physical so, barriers. Yeah, exactly. So in relation to A Quiet Place, the monster is blind, but can hear everything, can pick up on everything for tracking, even the smallest sound, and it will know exactly where something is that's making noise and kill that thing that's making noise. So I do agree that it's an original concept. And people really around the world had to change and it's almost like um, an apocalypse, mm -hmm. like The Walking Dead. The world is just completely different and everything is quiet and you can't make any sound. And yeah, that is an original concept. And I really give props to that movie and the creators and the writers. I was really impressed by it. I think a lot of people are saying it is doing something that all good classic movies do. They build strong characters and you relate easily to the mom, the dad, the kids, and you put them into a worst case scenario. And the tension is that you are rooting for these characters. You want them to survive no matter what because you love them so much. Instead of some horror movies have all these archetypes of characters and of course you are okay with one of them dying because you don't like them, they're the jerk, or one of them is a jock, or um, whatever scenario that you put this group of people in, you know that there is a sequence of events that will take place and um, the ending is kind of predictable. And in this movie, uh, the, the tension comes from loving the characters and not knowing how it will play out. The viewers in the audience kind of have empathy with the characters. Right. Like you said, the family, you know, they're a good family. They have a strong connection and you're connected with them and they're in a bad situation and you just feel terrible for them. And you hope that their future is good. Right, because a lot of times in horror movies, the, the gimmick is that you go and you're just expecting to see a horrifying way that everyone dies. Mm -hmm. Everyone is going to die and it's about the blood and the gore and that kind of horror. The horror of this movie is that you love these people and you know that there's a possibility that they could die anyway. So it's, it's, I think it's a more... 
I think it's more horrifying in the in the traditional sense because you don't want to see these people go as opposed to you're just trying to figure out how these people will go. Right. Yeah, I agree. That that's a really unique concept and I agree with you. Okay, so far we have reviewed the movie without any spoilers. Uh, we haven't revealed any plot details or how people do die. Uh, so now I want to go ahead and jump into spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and you're listening or watching at home, uh, see the movie before you watch or listen to the rest of this podcast. Um, but from here on out, we're going to spoil some things. So, Dylan, how do you feel that the concept of having to be quiet in order to stay safe uh, plays out in this family's life. There were some people saying that there were plot holes with regards to why they didn't live next to like a noisy waterfall or um, that a lot of times deaf people are louder than normal because they can't hear themselves be quiet. And so the daughter would have been in danger all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <coughs> yeah. So what I've come to accept is that the family taught the daughter, the deaf daughter, just not to make any sound. So for, they were probably very visual with her, so they probably showed her if you close a door hard, that means it's loud, and if you close it slowly, that means it's quiet, and that's okay. So I'm sure that's probably how they taught her how I, to be quiet. I saw that they had painted places that it was safe to step on the floor that didn't creak, so that she could step there and know that she wasn't making those noises. Yeah, that's true. They also had an emergency plan set up. Mm. You know, the lights, for example. Um, strung around the house, they were like a soft white light, and that showed safety. But then if it was an emergency, or if there was any danger, if they felt any uncertainty, they switched the lights to red. Mm. So you can see that they really had a good plan set in place. So if something bad were to happen, they could communicate that with each other. And I think it's kind of cool because coming at this from my perspective of looking a lot at the visuals more than anything else, I think that it's very cool that you can have very obvious representations of what things mean. And even to the point of it being realistic to the story, but also intense clues to the audience about what signals are. You know the moment that the lights come on for the first time that you need to be paying attention to those. And you don't know why. Because at the beginning, it's, not a, it's never explained actually what you turn the lights on for. But the moment you turn them on, you're like, no crap, it's about to go down. And I mean, even things as simple as painting things on the floor yeah. are incredibly helpful for people that can hear because floors that creak, I mean, if you live in a place long enough, mm -hmm. you can figure that kind of stuff out. 
but that's something that you can't take a chance with in this world whereas in ours it doesn't it doesn't matter if the floor creaks you know your parents might wake up ooh there you die and so i think it's very helpful all the way around but as far as being silent the moment that scared me the most in this movie was when um the daughter was in the middle of the cornfield looking for the boy and she kneels down and sees the flashlight next to the tractor and the monster comes up behind her and because she can't hear she has no idea that it's there because she has to see to see it and she could make a noise and she'd not even know it and it'd be over and she barely makes it out because of a coincidence she happens to turn on her implants and it scares it away and that was the most frightening moment for me because I was like this would be the death that I would care the most about right now because it would be completely innocent like there would be nothing that I could do there would be nothing that she could have done differently she it was would there have to just save been, her brother it would have been the worst situation because she's there for a good reason and there was no way that she could have mm -hmm. seen that coming quite literally and like that's that's good horror and the worst part was and it kind of made me feel as empathetic as I can not being deaf there was no sound in that part of the scene mm -hmm. so you're seeing her and you're seeing what she can't see but you're hearing what she hears which is nothing and like that was horrifying so yeah props to the filmmaker because I I don't have a deaf experience but in that moment, I was like, this, this is the worst thing that I can imagine in this world. I really enjoyed um, the producers and the editors and the writers taking the sound out um, for scenes that pertain specifically to her when she was alone in the shot, because it very clearly showed her perspective and her experience, and I really appreciated that they did that. What moment did you find to be the scariest? Um, a spoiler's fine, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, the nail on the stairs oh, yeah. when the mom stepped on it. That really, that just put me on edge. I was just on the edge of my seat. My heart I was pounding. I saw you move up in the theater and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really scary for me. I really did appreciate, speaking of the nail, how... <laughs> they set lots of little things up and followed through with them on the story later on. That's just good filmmaking. They'll give you a thing that you notice, a close-up of something that's important or will be important, and then later they will show you why it is important. And I thought that was really good. And a lot of movies waste close-ups. They'll show you something and then never show it to you again or it never plays into the story. And this was really good filmmaking i thought that moment is it starts because she's doing laundry and she's carrying a bag up the stairs and it catches on the nail and it ends up pulling the nail up and in that scene i was thinking 
what if she like trips and falls like that'll make a noise and she'll die and then it didn't make a noise i was like she lived and then it like the camera just drifts down and you see the nail that's left and you're like i was worried about the wrong thing Mm -hmm. this is going to come back and it's going to be so much worse than what i thought could have just happened and the anticipation of that moment was excruciating because it it's almost an hour later that that come comes back around and it's at the worst possible time it, that was just waiting for that to happen was terrible because in the back of your mind it's always there it's like that nail's still there and nobody's touched it which means it's going to happen so the anticipation of this movie was excellent filmmaking yeah. What I did you agree. think about the relationship between the dad and the daughter, John Krasinski and uh, Millicent Simmons' characters? Especially at the end. I really liked their relationship. Millicent, um, she grew up deaf. Mm-hmm. And her character was really very rebellious throughout the film. She was determined to make her own decisions. And the father, he just wanted what was best for her. So... Sometimes the dad maybe would tell her what to do, and the daughter would say, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was impressed by that. My experience being deaf, I really didn't have any language exposure for a long time. My parents asked me if I wanted a cochlear implant, and I didn't understand what even that meant. I didn't really have an answer for them, and my parents went ahead and made the decision without me. I was about six years old when that happened. So the character in the movie was very rebellious, and she made her own decisions. And the whole family communicated in ASL. And so it's a quiet form of communication. You know, their dinners, they could still talk. They could play games. The dad would try to include her to do stuff, though, with the family, so. My personal experience is a little bit opposite of hers. Hmm. But. Uh, in an interview, Millicent Simmons said that she had suggested a change to the script. It was supposed to originally be that the dad would say, I love you, and then get killed by the creature. But then she suggested that he would say, I love you, and I've always loved you. And uh, I actually really thought that that was a nice addition because it showed her character that no matter what she thinks she has done in the past to not deserve his love uh, is irrelevant and that he's loved her through all of those moments, the good, the bad, and uh, even if she hasn't felt it. Mm. 
want to add to that? When you can only communicate um, with sign language or body language, um, when you use that to communicate, the audience automatically knows what's happening. It doesn't matter if they're hearing or deaf. Mm -hmm. So after um, the youngest son died, when it was about a year later, we the viewers already knew that their relationship was a little bit strained. And from the daughter's perspective, the dad blamed her for her younger brother's death. But from the dad's perspective, he's loved her all throughout all the bad things, and he wants to keep her safe. So... You know, he just didn't want her to experience a hard life. And that scene whenever the father and the older son went to the river for, uh, and they were getting fish for dinner. And Millicent's character, the daughter, wanted to go with them. And the dad said, no, you need to stay with your mom. And he wanted her safe. He wasn't excluding her. He mm -hmm. cared about her. And that's how he was showing that he cared about her. I'd like to point out something that you mentioned in passing, is that a lot of the acting in this movie is done with the face. Um, even in moments where they are actually signing and there is a meaning there, you can still tell what's happening a lot of times with their expressions. Because there are some times that I didn't need to read the subtitles to understand what they meant. Um, and you know, you can pick out signs here or there if you've been around ASL for a little bit. Um, but especially John Krasinski, and he, he's kind of got a history of doing this. He, he's got a lot of roles where he doesn't have a lot of lines, but his character has a lot of things to say. And he's very good at communicating with his, his eyes and his mouth without speaking. And so I thought it was almost all the time that there's any emotional relevance. Of course, for ASL, you have to show the hands and you have to show the face as well because expressions play a part in that. But if you look at their face, you don't have to know exactly what they're saying because you can tell what they're feeling. And I thought that the, the acting was incredible in this movie because you don't have to pay attention to what they're actually saying because you know what they mean if you look at their face. I completely agree. The facial expressions and the body language really convey the meaning. And a lot of times that can say more than just words or signs. For example, if someone's being sarcastic Something they say might l seem honest, but their facial expression, like maybe an eye roll, indicates that they're being sarcastic. And body language is very important. And facial expression, all of that is important. Um, I don't know if you knew that John Krasinski, he really pushed very strongly for them to cast a deaf actress for the role of the daughter, 
because a deaf actress in a deaf role really is an accurate portrayal of the deaf community and how people move through deaf people move through their lives. Um, you know, typically what happens is that people who aren't disabled have no disabilities go into roles that of a disabled person, and that doesn't quite get the same meaning across. Hmm. So another benefit of the actress being deaf was that everyone on set got to learn how to interact with a deaf person. And I read an article that Millicent taught the people on set ASL. She actually taught them for the movie. And that shows a lot of commitment on her part and on everyone's part. And I was, I was really shocked by that. It's, it's amazing to do. I hope we see more films that represent the deaf community in a way that is realistic and positive. And I think m many people treated Millicent in interviews and at the premiere uh, with a lot of respect for the hard work that she put into it and um, also respected John Krasinski for really going out and um, pushing for casting a deaf actress and also um, producing a film that represented it in a represented the deaf community in a positive light. So I hope people continue to be excited about that kind of thing. Yeah, I do too. All right. Well, we appreciate our listeners and our viewers. And uh, we also want to give a special thanks to our interpreters today. Uh, thanks so much for making this available to uh, viewers at home and on YouTube. And we ask that uh, everyone consider uh, watching or sharing um, with uh, those of you who might have uh, friends who are deaf and, uh, and also helping others who are not uh, understand the experience of uh, watching a film uh, without sound. And A Quiet Place is a good place to start because it's mostly just visual and uh, a good movie at that. And uh, we'll hopefully have another episode coming soon.